What's up guys, welcome to today's money. Thank you for listening, I appreciate you being here. If you'd like to watch the video version of this podcast, there's a link for that in the description. And if you wanna jump right into the podcast, skip the next 30 seconds of ad space. What's up guys, welcome back to today's money where we get your mindset right and help you get your money right. Today, it's a new style, a new format with our episode, but we did a poll on Instagram. I had this idea, I think at boxing class last week, and you guys requested it, so now we're giving it to you. We're gonna be posting these videos every Saturday. We film them on Fridays, and we're gonna be going over all the major headlines that came through over the previous week. I think we did a pretty good job at getting a wide variety of topics, so sit through, enjoy, and if you do find value in any of what we talk about, Hopefully it does help you get your money right and your mindset right. Just make sure you subscribe and give us a big thumbs up. That's all we're asking for. If you really enjoy it, drop a comment. Tell us which one, you know, stands out to you the most. You want to give them a little preview so they know what they're listening for? Sure. So first we're going to be talking about a 50 million. Sure. <laughs> what? Why are you making fun of me? You're funny. I'm just living life. First we're going to be talking about um, a kid who supposedly lost $50 million day trading. We're going to be talking about that a little bit first. Then we're going to go into some vaccine news, the FDA uh, approving the emergency uh, use of the vaccine. Then we're going to talk about travel, possibly reopening, right, to Europe. That's interesting. Just as we book a trip to Mexico, now all of a sudden we might be going to Europe in April, hopefully, maybe. Um, we're also going to talk about Virgin Galactic. They have a test launch this weekend. So maybe when you're listening to this, this test launch has either happened or it's happening I think that's going to be good for the stock, so we'll talk about that. Um, I don't want to give him too much. Let's start there. Let's go back for a second. Let's talk about the first thing. So this article is from Market Watch. It says, he lost $50 million day trading as a college student living in a $39 million flat. Now his mom is suing him. That's a really interesting <laughs> headline. You know what I mean? It definitely got my attention. I think it piques the attention of most people. Market Watch, well done. Um, you got three things all there in the title. It's crazy, right? $50 million you're getting sued for, but you also live in a $39 million flat and your mom is suing you. Right. Well, so, it doesn't say she's suing him for 50. He just lost 50 million, right. supposedly. So Let what's me get, the story here? All right. His name is Timur, T-E-M-U-R. He says, it says, Timur was not your typical college student, the son of a Russian billionaire. He lived in a $39 million London flat, which for us, I think just means like apartment. That was given to him when he was just a teenager. Yeah, hopefully we can give our kid a $39 million flat. During that time, he developed a taste for the stock market. Mm, a taste. <laughs> Such a unique word. Mm, I tasted the Forex market. I love it, but I hate options. They taste like shit. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. Then it says a costly taste. <laughs> All right. It says according the to- the expensive chocolate. Right. GR Deli, what's up? According to the eye-popping details of one of Europe's biggest divorce trials as covered by the Financial Times, Tamur claimed that he lost some $50 million or so day trading while studying private banking at the prestigious London School for Economics. So he's claiming that he lost this money trading. His mother, Tatiana, is fighting to get a $606 million, is fighting to get $606 million owed to her by her ex-husband, Barkad. Which is Tamur's dad. Which is Tamur's dad from a 2016 divorce. For his part, Farkad, whose vast fortune includes a super yacht, a helicopter, and a private art collection, he has refused to pay because he said the settlement was superseded by their divorce in Moscow two decades prior. So he's saying he already took care of this 20 years ago. I don't know why she's coming at me for $600 million. Now, Tatiana is seeking $94 million from her son, who is contesting the claim. She says 
her, that her son, Tamor, the eldest, helped his dad hide assets from her. But he said he lost all of it with some terrible trades. The dad says a one-time fur trader, so I guess the dad was a trader, who became one of Russia's wealthiest oligarchs by cashing in on a gas producer in Siberia, he wasn't too pleased with his son's behavior. Um, Tamor said, I suspected he was thinking that he would never have made the mistakes that I had made. To him, it was a shocking, it was shocking, it was a shocking sum to have lost, sorry, especially so quickly. So, as for the court case, Tamor's lawyer, in opening written remarks, said that the money passed down by his father wasn't a part of some elaborate scheme to shield assets. Right. You want to comment on that? Because that stuck out to you originally. Yeah, because think about it. If you're super wealthy and you have to play the tax game and figure out how to protect your assets, which every wealthy person I does. what the tax is like where they're at. Your kids are the easiest ways to not hide your assets, but to put your assets into places that, I mean, I don't know the way that the laws work and where this was, but right. for here, you know, there are things that you can give to your kids to help avoid to help with pay. taxes. Yeah, yeah, to hide so, the money. So, right. But it seems like the mom here is thinking that the dad is hiding money from her so that he don't have to give it to her. Basically. She sounds like a crazy ex-wife. It seems like that. And if you continue down in the article, it says that... Wh- where is this located again? Remind me. In London. Yes, in London. The judges apparently... A lot of people get divorces there because the it judges... It says it right here. It says it's yep. known as the divorce capital of the world due to how generous the judges tend to be toward financially weaker spouses. So it's saying, will she ever get paid? Maybe because of the way that the courts are laid but out see, in London. seeing how wealthy her ex-husband is and seeing that it's now Dude, I could just in a, see in a like, divorce capital of the world. You I don't know? know. What do you guys think? Comment down below. I'm interested to know what you guys think about this guy. I mean, if I was the dad, I'd be like, but if you read about the way that he lost it, yeah, like it says, they don't that even he talk was, much about him losing the money trading. He was they, they, It's a little paragraph. It says that he was trading and he was um, he incurred some losses. Yeah. So he ramped up his risk size. Oh wait, I missed that part. And then that's where he oh, blew right the whole account. But yep. if you think about it, do you think that he really did that, or is that just the way they made it look so that Mama can't come after the money? Right. I mean, how dark do you think it is it says he apparently didn't start off so unlucky in the stock game he said he had some wins initially but then hit a losing streak ramped up his risk to get it back and ultimately lost everything that doesn't sound too crazy though because we know a lot of people that do that yeah they they lose a couple of trades they get bigger yeah you think that this is deeper you think this is dad hiding money? he was gifted a 39 million dollar flat at 16 years old what you think the dad gave him the money to trade with and then he just the dad said lose the money we need the write-off or something like that maybe do you really think the dad is sweating it? Do you really think the dad would have given him 50 mil? That's the question. He gifted him a 39 mil apartment yeah, at 16. Just, just give him 50, 12. Give him 50 mil though. They just give him to then he can move 50 million into a trading account. Like not any Joe Schmo moves. If, if I move 50 million into a Wanda, they probably call me and be like, yo, what's up, bro? But we're talking about a like this Russian dude who right. cashed out in what? Gas? Yeah. Oil. So you're thinking he's got mounds of money. He's deep involved in some shit. Right. Interesting. Okay. I'm not saying anything. I'm right. just saying I'm a curious cat. Right. Okay. Interesting. We'll, <laughs> we'll leave this one here. Comment below what you guys think about this. Is the mom crazy for going after the son? Did Does oh, she have any that, justice? That shrug I just did I think might be better right. for the thumbnail. Or, or, <laughs> <laughs> or is did he really lose the money? And is she justified to go after him? You know? 
Yeah, but I why? don't see how she can even go after him. Like, I don't know. But why don't they talk? Like, is this 100% this is, real? Why don't they talk about what was the settlement 20 years ago, apparently? Right. Why we can't they just facts. bring that up? We need more facts. Who, who's Farquad? Who are these people? <laughs> <laughs> who's far, That's a guy from Shrek, Riley. All right, we're putting this one to rest. <laughs> I'm moving us on to the next topic, everybody. So let's talk about this. FDA advisory panel giving the green light to the Pfizer vaccine yesterday, which was Thursday. So this panel meets for eight hours, right? And they talk about this vaccine. I wonder what they're talking about. Probably the tests that it's been doing, like what they've done on animals, maybe, hopefully, and other humans, like that they've done preliminary tests on, whatever. After eight hours, they decide, like, cool, you guys can vote tomorrow, today, Friday, to see if the FDA will authorize usage and after that eight hour meeting they recommended authorization so we're thinking that by the end of the day today and it's all to first responders right and elderly people yes so it says pfizer's covid vaccine passed a critical milestone on thursday when a panel of experts formally recommended that the fda authorize the vaccine the agency is likely to do so within days giving healthcare workers and nursing home residents first priority to begin receiving the first shots early next week and they said they were going to keep like a bunch of them on reserve too because well, they have to yeah then yes. they need the second round of shots in three weeks correct right um initial thoughts on that giving it to the first responders the people that take care of sick people what if it doesn't work super well and it gets them sick or they get, re- like, we need those people. So it seems like risky to do that. Yeah, it's an interesting risk profile. You're giving it to the elderly and the people, like the first responders, like the nurses and stuff first. Right. Not to be dark, but it's like if you're testing it on old people that are already in assisted living, like they're already old. If things were to happen, like it's not like they're out working, doing things, but right. to, also at the same time be giving it to nurses and stuff like you said what if it gets them sick or like we don't know the serious well the other side of the argument is well riley they're exposed right now every minute that they're out in there in the field right now without a vaccine they're exposed to covid yeah but this is a vaccine that it's like this is the fastest vaccine ever produced in history why are we all just going to jump on it especially the people like i just think it needs a lot more testing because yeah. I'm definitely, I agree that those people should have whatever protection they feel is necessary if they're going to be around this illness. You know, that's up to them to decide. But as a whole, why test it on those people? Because what if there are serious long-term side effects that we don't know yet because this isn't a long-term That's the biggest thing, thing. for me. Right, and 100%. then they all go down, and then who helps the sick people? That's what I'm saying. Here's a couple statistics that are interesting. It says, as, this is from USA Today, as many as 300,000 COVID cases across the U.S. and world can be traced back to a two-day conference in Boston last February, a study Thursday published suggests. Here's another one. The nation, the United States, topped 292,000 total deaths from COVID on Thursday, several hundred more than the number of battlefield deaths in World War II. The U.S. surpassed 3,000 deaths in a single day for the first time on Wednesday of this week, a count higher than the terrorist attacks in 9-11. I wanted you to read that, that exact one right there. Why are they comparing this to the number of well, deaths of terrorist attacks? It's dead people. But here's the thing. But that's what they choose? Like, really? Well, yeah, because that was a moment in history 
where we lost 3,000 Americans in a second, and now they're trying to make it seem like we're losing 3,000 Americans a day because of this virus. We've been losing 3,000 Americans a day for a lot of reasons. That's that what we haven't I'm saying. Addressed. That's what. Why aren't yeah. they talking about that? Why are they pulling the heartstrings and relating it back to 9/11? Why can't it be like, oh yeah, and it's also in correlation to the amount of obese people or the people with diabetes that die every year or every day. So there's a big, big, big correlation to getting this thing if you're not going outside and if you're not being uh, physically, if you're not exercising, if you're not like trying to stay healthy, mm-hmm. you get COVID. If you're hiding and listening to everything that they say, statistics, especially in New York that I saw, show that you're getting COVID more likely. Makes sense to me. This is interesting. That ties to that. In one small Kansas town, officials resisted a mask mandate. Now, its residents, along with other rural areas reluctant to impose precautionary measures, are paying the price as COVID-19 rates skyrocket with an intensity not seen in urban counties. But they're not talking about deaths, which is why I bring that up. So they're saying these towns refuse to wear masks, and now they're getting more cases. But are they getting more deaths is the question. Yeah, because the way they word it is, like, instinctively negative. But like you said, are people dying? Yeah. I mean... Let's go back and piece this a little bit together. How do you feel about them getting this vaccine out tomorrow or today, approving this, and then hopefully rolling this out next week and in the next couple of weeks? I don't work in the medical industry, so I'm not a bioengineer. I don't know shit about vaccines. Right. But I do know that this is the most rushed vaccine ever produced. Yep. That in and of itself concerns me. It concerns me how Pfizer, what was their original percent effective rate when they came 90. out? Right. And then like two days Moderna later. said 94 and then they came back and Pfizer and said, said oh, 95. Yeah. Oh, actually we're 95% accurate or helpful, whatever. Well, they're playing for the headlines there. But it's like, how do you just jump from 90 to 95%? You know, that, that just seems so disingenuine to me as humans it's like can we all just take a step back for a second and like think about this think about this 20 years from now they do a documentary on how pfizer ruined the world cynical negative whatever but just think about that we're we're betting on pfizer and moderna and these other couple of medical companies who hopefully hired really smart people and they're well-hearted good-hearted and they want to make this thing move forward but people make mistakes. They could be great people and they could still make mistakes that lead to bad things in the future. So it's just interesting that we're putting all of our eggs into these, into into companies' hands, you know? And do you really know the people and their intentions at the core of the decisions that are being made? Just, well, you're you, making a lot of assumptions. Not, not that, not assuming that people are ill-intended, but because I like to think that people are good at heart. No, no, even making but, that assumption though. You're just counting on assumptions. Right. But like I was saying, it's just the long-term effects. We don't know the side effects on this vaccine even a year after you take it because COVID hasn't been around for a year. Correct. We don't know what this actually does to people. I get your point. 100%. There's long-term efficacy tests that need to be done before all of us are willing to take this vaccine. Absolutely. I mean, we're all willing to get the polio vaccine. Yeah. It's been around for a long time. No one wants polio anymore. Cool. Let's get kids the polio vaccine. Right. Measles, I think we do. There's a whole bunch of them that they do. And there's still people that are anti those vaccines. It's like, do I'm whatever not, you want. I mean, if you if you were going to ask me my stance on it, ask me my stance. Hey, uh, what's your stance on vaccines? You, I just think <laughs> some of them work, clearly. 
You yeah. can't argue facts. You can't be like, oh, all vaccines are bad. That's stupid to say. But it's also stupid to say all vaccines work and that the first time a vaccine comes out, it works. Like, nothing. we're humans. We make so many stupid mistakes all the time with everything. It's like, not only that, on that, but like, every human is so bio individualistic. Like, no two humans are the same. So, one vaccine might affect human A so differently than it affects human B just because of their genetic makeup. You know, how is that then to blame the vaccine? It's a combination of the vaccine and the human. So mm, I don't know. I'm just going to drink my water, get some sunshine. It says the FDA said that it had asked Pfizer to include allergic reactions in its safety tracking plan and would include a warning in its instructions on the use of the vaccine. I also heard from a different source that I don't have in front of me that it, there's a, there is potential for it to mess with your fertility levels too, with this vaccine. It's interesting to think about what that could do too. You just don't yeah. know what this thing is going to do to you when it's inside you, so why take it first? I guess that's the first thing. And I would hate to be a nurse. I'm, I'm hoping that there's other nurses out there that think like this, but I would hate to be on the front lines and be somebody working and actually trying to help people and then being forced to take this vaccine or I can't come to work. Well, now you've really screwed me. How, how does a nurse handle that? I don't want to be the first one to get the vaccine. I work in healthcare. I know that they work, but I don't want to be first. Well, get the shot or you can't come to work. Yeah, I mean, there are... Because that's what it's going to be. Yeah, but I feel like... Because I'm pretty sure, I don't know which religion, but I know that you can claim yeah. like yeah, a yeah, religious... Yeah. Religious exemption. Yeah. yeah. So I wonder if more people are maybe going to start doing Transferring. that. Transferring. What's it called? Converting. Transferring. Right. <laughs> Transferring. That's that's for data, not for humans. I'm moving us on to the next topic. So this is related in the same sense of the vaccine and stuff like that, just because mm-hmm. it's affecting travel. This is from Forbes, and it's talking about Trump reportedly being at the point of revoking the travel ban, preventing us from traveling to Europe. It says the Trump administration banned travelers from the EU to enter the United States eight months ago in March at the height of the first first wave. <clears throat> Now, President Trump is considering lifting the ban from 26 countries, including the UK and Brazil, where the ban was put in place on May. In May, and that would be allowing people to come into the U.S. from those countries, right? Correct. Correct. Um, Trump officials have argued that travelers, for the most part, for most other countries around the world, are not banned, and that the move would considerably help the airline and travel industry, where international travel is now down 70 percent. Reuters reported that a group representing American Airlines, United Airlines, Delta, and other air travel companies called Airlines for America has been advocating for lifting the travel bans to begin national testing for COVID-19 instead. And blah, blah, blah. two trials are already up and running between the U.S. and the U.K. So this also comes parallel to a headline that says American Airlines is offering a $129 at-home COVID test for U.S. travels uh, to avoid quarantine. So basically, American says they're going to start on Wednesday, or they did start on Wednesday, offering these tests. You can order it online. They ship it to you. It says the tests are meant to help travelers avoid quarantine requirements that could preclude them from booking. So American is, I guess, giving you a a, a piss test, but not really a COVID test to do on yourself. It says, uh, let's get checked. The company providing the test recommends that travelers order their test five days before the flight. Customers booked to any of the states that require arriving travelers to quarantine, including New York, Maryland, and Massachusetts. Take the swab test at home. Once it's received, results are expected within two days, is what the company says. So now if you want to go to these country, these states even, this is a way for you to get this and, and still make your travels happen, which is kind of like it's interesting to hear that being hap- like that happening where I would potentially have to test myself just to go to New York, which I'll never go to New York 
like for what? <laughs> when you could do that, but then the Trump administration is at the same time saying, let's open everything back up. Let's get these people back in here. Well, I think it's also interesting too because the 737s are supposed to be flying again in the start of the new year. Those are the ones that crashed? Yeah, the two that crashed, then they all were grounded. They yeah. haven't been flown since, but right. starting, I think it might be February. I don't know which month. It's early 2021. They're starting flights from Miami Are you to saying New York. we should be buying Boeing stock? I'm saying that they're going to start flying again from Miami to Florida. Piece this together. How do you- Or lo- Miami to Florida. The UK. <laughs> Miami to New York. No. Oh, Miami to New York. Yes. Interesting. Okay. Well, first, how do you feel about American offering COVID tests? If you have to go to New York and they'll offer you a test for $130. If you're going to make me take a test, I shouldn't have to pay for it. That's me being cheap. (laughs) Back to one of our old episodes. Well, actually, that episode wouldn't actually have come out yet. So a new episode coming. So here, I mean, really, they're not giving a lot of context. It says... Um, other airlines have rolled out other versions of pre-flight testing. United in October started offering pre-flight tests to some Hawaii-bound passengers so they could avoid the quarantine. In November, the airline began offering free tests on flights from Newark, New Jersey, to London. So it's like, how are they offering these? I guess those tests are for people that are able to do the travels for their job or whatever. They're allowed to travel internationally right now, not us. I get it. Yeah. But it really just seems like a way for the airlines to make money. I'd be interested, like, right. who gets those profits? Right. You know? like, why can't I just go get... I mean, of course you can. You can go get a regular test somewhere else, right? Right. No, it's the airline. They're trying to make money. You're right. 100%. Right. Because if it's going to be a test, you know, like yeah. that, where you're genuinely concerned and you think it's a real pandemic, well, it is a real pandemic, but like you're really concerned about the people and them traveling, offer it for free. Yeah. Like when you can go and get a free health, like, check... Not from the airline. Do you think it's smart to for it? Do you think it's smart to reopen travel from the UK and from Brazil and start bringing people back in, letting us go? Okay, so letting people back into the US from other countries. I mean, I don't really see a problem with it. Did you do? It seems like you're not really scared of COVID, but are you thinking about everybody else? Like, think about the majority. Yeah, like. I don't know. It's really tough to say because if these people. If the travel thing is to where you need a negative test, you know, to enter our country or whatever, it's like, okay, then fine. Like, who cares if you're coming here? You know, you tested negative. If you happen to pick it up while you're here, that's the risk you take. But that's the risk you take going to any country. Like when I went to Brazil, I had to get the yellow fever shot because if I didn't, I was at risk for getting yellow fever. Yeah. It's a risk you take. Yeah. So if that's just a new thing where now, okay, if you want to come to the U.S., you have to get the COVID shot. It's like going to Africa. You got to get 10,000 shots, you know? So I feel like it could just be the new norm. This says on Saturday, the CDC last Saturday gave new guidelines for international air travelers suggesting that they get tested with a viral test one to three days before the flight to reduce the spread during travel. Travelers should get tested three to five days after travel and stay home for seven days. So... I mean, with us going to Mexico, even over New Year's, my thoughts are like when we get back, because we're going to be around people that are not going to be wearing masks. I'm not going to go around anybody because I want to do my part to not spread it. And I do take your side in it where I think we should be opening up the borders, especially if we're about to approve the vaccine. Like all of these articles tie in together in that sense. Like what's what what it looks like. It looks like we're coming out of this potentially soon. 
So to be considering this right now, I don't think is too dramatic. I think it makes sense. And we're talking about an industry that is down 70%. Right. We can't, we could make a whole video about, maybe we should next week, talk more about how the COVID stuff is impacting restaurant owners and, and small business owners. Like, it's already been enough. Like, someone in government needs to be like, enough is enough. You have a question for me? Well, no. That just kind of made me think. It's like, why would they be starting to fly the 737s again if travel is so down, especially considering those are such massive planes? Like, I feel like they would cost a lot more to operate. Why are you so focused on the 737 thing? Because if American... Like, they're an airline, you yeah, know? It's yeah. going to be primarily through them. I don't know any other airlines that has 737s. A lot. All, okay, well, yeah, I, I mean, the article the two, I was reading was about American. The two, airplane, um, the two airplanes that crashed, just so you know, were not American airplanes. No? No, it was, one was in Egypt and one was in uh, Turkey or Ukraine. Oh. Yeah. Well, I just I was reading about them having them. Yeah. Um, it's just interesting to me, why would you start flying these planes again, assuming that their costs are massive yeah. when your industry is already down so much like people aren't you know what i mean well i think the idea is that they provide a good use of service because they can transport so many people over such a long distance because i'm pretty sure the 737s are pretty big planes but listen to what you just said so many people but aren't we supposed to be social distancing so just because well yeah but that doesn't matter we've been on flights where we know that they're full the airlines you saw the thing i posted thanksgiving this year was not uh, comparable to 2019, but it is up like 60 or 70% from what it was at the lowest mm-hmm. when Corona really hit hard. So travel's coming back. You know what I'm saying? We still had a million people plus traveling for Thanksgiving this year. We'll see what Christmas numbers look like compared to last Christmas. Yeah. But if people are traveling, it would make sense. Like these airlines are not thinking for two months away profit. They're thinking for two years from now. So they're like, let's get these airplanes back up. Let's build back confidence in, in the yeah. people. Like we need to get these things in the air again. You know what I'm saying? And I just think, yeah, the industry, the international travel industry is down 70%. But we know they got loans. We know that they're not out of business yet. And hopefully we're coming out of this. Hopefully it doesn't get worse. It is lockdown city for some places in the country. But at the same time, there's a lot of people, clearly look at the numbers, traveling, flying. So it's like people are trying to get out too. So I'm for the uh, them opening it up and, and trying to make it so that we can get tourists in and get tourists out because international travel and tourism drives so much of an economy, not just for us, but for other countries too. Oh yeah. This is what makes money. Some countries rely on it. So to cut this thing off, like I said, enough is enough. Look at the restaurants. Enough is enough. Like we need to get it back. This is a serious pandemic. That's really killing mass amounts of people. Can you say enough is enough? No. Cause you'd want to be protecting the people. Right, but like your rules don't make any sense. It's already allowing for people to travel. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like it's, we've, we already are getting them back, so now let them function fully. Get the airplanes that they need, the 737s. That's why they want to get them back, I think, you know? Yeah. Good. Anything else on that one? No, we don't have to keep talking about that. Okay. Let's talk about, just quick, uh, Virgin Galactic. So they have a launch out of New Mexico. This was supposed to happen back in November. Didn't happen because of COVID. They had two launches back in 2018 and 2019. They went pretty well. This is going to be a big thing for them. So right now, the stock is actually slightly up on the day. It's $32.27 right now, just slightly up. Um, I've been buying this since $15 a share. I like the leadership. I like space. I like the idea of aerospace being the future. This company is trying to offer seats for space tourism on their flight 
in this spaceship at $250,000 a seat right now. So in the future, I see these flights being a lot cheaper. I see us doing it all the time. How soon of a future? I don't know. But I think it gives the stock a lot of space to move, especially in a market where assets are really overvalued. You know, you have stock prices that are um, disconnected from the value that the company actually brings to the economy. That's what I define as like overvalued. So you're going to see stock prices correct. But to me, when we talk about this stock and its price, that's going to just be an opportunity to buy more. This is their third test flight. And we're looking at this company that's valued in the billions already. This is not a small company. This is big stuff here. This is a Tesla competitor, a SpaceX competitor. You know what I'm saying? That's who they're compared to. Yeah. Um, so I think with this test flight coming today, like I said, it's December 11th, stocks at 32. We could see it at 40 on Monday. If the flight goes super well, you could see 38, 36. I'm not a stock guy. I don't know, but I know it's going to probably go up as long as the ship doesn't blow up. Yeah. What, what time is that happening tomorrow? They don't know because it has to do with the weather, but they're cleared for a window. They have a takeoff window. They're out in the desert where nobody is. They have, they can't have any media or anything else out there because of COVID because New Mexico's super liberal, I guess, in the sense of COVID. Hmm. Thoughts? Convenient. Why? <laughs> Why are you so conspiratorial today? Why is that I convenient? It makes sense, Riley. It's COVID lockdowns. I know. I just felt like saying convenient. That doesn't make any sense. We need Why? A, we need it's a Riley con- nonsense it's, buzzer. It's convenient for COVID. What? What does that even mean? It's convenient. So let me tell you how this ship is. You got to ask me questions, okay? Let me tell you how this ship is getting this other ship up there because it I, makes a lot of sense. Okay. Does that hurt your brain? No. Okay. Because <laughs> your, fa- your face made it look like that That thought hurt your brain. They're no. They're using you... two ships, two two airplanes. I know. Okay. So what are they doing then, if you know? Huh? Let me... T- what? What? What are you doing? <laughs> do you know? Tell me. How do they fly it? So they take two airplanes. See, this is good. You got to ask me questions. This They take two airplanes... <laughs> And they, well, two ships, they use one ship to fly the second ship up to 50,000 feet, which really, I'm not a fucking scientist, a rocket scientist, but I know from watching YouTube videos that have rocket scientists in them that the first 50,000 feet are like the hardest to break through. Once you get up there into like close to the edge of the atmosphere and out of the atmosphere, it's super easy to move. There's nothing pulling you. It's space, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that they're using one plane to pull the, the ship up to 50,000, save all its fuel. They get the second ship, they get up to 50,000, detach, turn the engines on, and boom, super easy to get into space then. It just makes a lot of sense rather than just trying to go straight up through the atmosphere. This is like a, fl- this is a regular airplane. Everybody watching will be able to see it. It's like a regular looking airplane kind of thing. It's got wings, takes off, flies up like this. So it's a different approach. It's interesting. I wonder what that would feel like to be on the inside. 250 grand and you can find out pretty lady <laughs> i'll wait till it gets cheaper would you pay to go how much would you pay to go oh how many Ooh, that's i don't know i would not want to be one of the first why because it could blow up yeah but not likely don't rockets blow up all the time? The Tesla one did a couple of days ago. Yeah but, yeah. but they do blow up for sure, especially on landing. That one blew up when it was trying to land, which it can definitely happen. So you yeah. got to perfect the landing. But once you're up into space, it's easy. You're just floating around. So how much would you pay? 50 grand? You don't even have a comprehension of money to really think because you never like you wouldn't. What do you mean? I don't have a comprehension of what money. Have you, what have you spent $100,000 on? Nothing. Exactly. So you don't, you can't even comprehend spending $250,000 on a ticket. Like it's not even comprehensible to us. You know what I'm saying? 
So how much would you spend? I don't, it's all relative to the amount of money that you've earned and spent in your life so far. That's what you're going to answer. No, my thoughts were, it depends on like what, like, okay, you fly into space, but then what? You're just floating around in the ship. Yeah. But like for how long? You're floating. Like you're floating. But like for how long? I don't know. We'd have to go to their website and find out. I'm not sure exactly. Like, is this like a week vacation? Is is this a couple days? It's a couple hours. It's up and back. Oh. Yeah. 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 Oh. You're not living in floating. That's what I'm saying. Like, what do you do when you get up there? No, no, no. It's up and back. It's space tourism. It's like amusement ride. Let's get up, let people feel it and get them down. And what it's going to do, I, the reason I love it so much is it's going to inspire people to be astronauts, inspire more space creativity because they'll be taking people up there and letting them feel it. You'll get kids up there eventually and they'll be like, this is cool. And then those kids go on to do great things because they got if, inspired. If we were doing it and I could like ghost it on Mars. You're ignoring like, my question. How much would you spend? Ghost it on the moon. I would pay a lot more. You can't do that yet. Like so how I mu- just, how I want to, s- I want to just sit on the moon and journal looking at the earth. Okay. That would be a lot more boring, to be honest, than than floating around in a spaceship. No way. Yes. Yes way. No. And you wouldn't sit on the moon necessarily. You'd probably float away because you're light as shit. You'd probably just, because with no gravity, you'd just be floating. Even better. Right. <laughs> How much would you pay for the ticket? Let's go. Well, I paid, what, 60K for college. Right. That shit was <laughs> pointless. <laughs> so at least 60K. Probably, a, I, I mean, think I think it, it'd be a better experience than college. Definitely, so, so it's probably that's like the double. Only so at least one hundred and twenty. You're already halfway there. You might as well give them the two fifty as charity. This is <laughs> no. That's not how money works. Uh, that's funny though. All right, so you're you're not spending the money on the ticket. Ask me if I if I'm spending the money on the ticket. <laughs> okay. Hey Austin, are you spending money on the ticket? Hell yeah, I'm spending money on the ticket. You best believe. <laughs> as soon as that bitch goes on sale, give it to me if it's two fifty on 200, sale. Two hundred fifty k. Give it to me for one seventy five. We'll be there in a second, bro. Do you give me a two for one? Remember when I tried to work a two for one? You would be a great auctioneer with how fast you talk. No. What you just said, I was like, what? Yeah, I was being funny, though, because I was making fun of auctioneers. Like, I can't actually talk that fast continuously. All right, next topic, quick. (laughs) For the 2020 streaming wars, Disney Plus seems to be the winner. Stock is at an all-time high. They have $7 billion in losses basically since February when the pandemic started. They've laid off 30,000 plus people, but the stock is at an all-time high. They had 87 million people sign up for Disney Plus in 13 months. 87 million subscribers. They fired 30,000 people. 7 billion in losses in physical stuff that's actually like their amusement park. You know, it's shut down in California, not in Florida. Go Florida. How do you, how do you even fathom that? I mean, all it tells me is that streaming is the future digital businesses are the future disney's looking at this and they're like dude if we didn't have any amusement parks and any rent we should just be in the streaming business we'd be all profit yeah that's why i love being in the digital business that's what i was gonna say it just makes me think that they're getting with the times you know like yeah it might have been a loss but is it a short-term loss for a long-term gain well they're gonna also drop like a bunch of star wars stuff and like marvel stuff coming out too disney plus is supposed to ramp it up for more people like our age too so yeah. it'll be interesting well, to see. They have National Geographic. I love it. Right, right. No, they have some cool stuff already. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a fan. All right, next topic. Similar, since we're talking about stocks at all-time highs. Um, another big mover. Disney was a big mover this week. Airbnb and DoorDash both went public. Both of them just ripping through the roof here. I mean, I think Airbnb was supposed to open originally at 30, then it was 60. Now it's like 120. I don't know where it's sitting right now. I can look at it. But... Basically, you had Airbnb, according to CNBC, it says Airbnb skyrockets 112% in public market debut, giving it a market cap of $86.5 billion. Now, there's a thing going on. This year, you've had 19, 
I think it is, IPOs that doubled on their IPO. You haven't had that many IPOs do that in a single year ever in history, I'm pretty sure, or at least in the last 15 to 20 years. It's never happened. But think about why it's happening, because the media now is able to get messages and marketing across in such large masses that people are able to... Okay, that's a piece of it. I think another piece of it is like... Part of what you're saying, just to give the context to exactly what you're saying, the media drives the attention to this stuff. Now it's easier for Joe Schmo to open a Robinhood account right. and put his orders in and buy his shares of Airbnb the day he knows it's going public, for sure. I think you also have to understand there's deeper mechanics to why this is happening, and it has to do with the money printing in the Fed. That's what's driving, I think, a lot of this disconnection yeah. from stock prices to actual valuations of the company. Stock prices are here. Companies' valuations are great. But they're inflated. They're incorrect. So if you go by its real valuation, I think, especially if you talk about profit, you know what I'm saying? Like which companies but are actually making, yeah. How many companies are actually worth what their stock says they're worth? Not many. Right. Not, so it's not like right now. But that's why you're, that's why a lot of people think you might see another year of bullish momentum and like stocks go up every day almost for another year or so. But I think it's going to tip over. Yeah, it has to. It's like 2001. It's like the tech stocks. Every stock went up. All the time. Everybody made money buying stocks. Nobody lost money because you just bought any tech stock and it went up every day. Yeah. New uh, new tech. Like literally in the 2000 and 2001 tech boom, companies would just change their company name to something something.com. It would get listed on like a, a newspaper or on a website and people would see it as a new company. People would buy it and it would drive the price up. The company could do nothing, no product sales, no nothing. Just change their name to .com and people would buy it. That's the kind of hype that was happening then, and it's, it's, I think it's happening now too. A lot of people, I'm not an economist, a lot of people are saying this looks just like that, and it crashed. And then after that, the housing market crashed. So I'm just waiting for real estate to go on sale again, because once real estate crashes again, I'm swooping in. Yeah, we can go into that in a different to topic. And then I'll be a part of Airbnb in a different way. I won't own their shares. I'll also be a, a guy who's renting on their thing. Here's the thing about it that's interesting. The company is going public at a time when the sector has been battered by reduced travel trends due to the public health crisis. So it's funny that their shares are ripping, going yeah. crazy, yet Airbnb is supposedly hurting because of COVID. Its revenue shrank nearly 19% last quarter, so last three months, to $1.3 billion compared with the same period a year prior. But it still managed to turn a profit of $200 million as it has had other intermittent quarters of profit profitability. So Airbnb is still profitable. But their valuation is $86.5 billion, and they turned a profit of $219 million. Hmm. So we, we're talking $800 million more to get to $1 billion, and then their value is 86 times that. Yeah. So it's like their, their valuation to their revenue is way off. And this is why I have a hard time trusting stocks. How could a company be worth eighty six billion but only make two hundred million a year? But that's why think about the is difference like a, between eighty six fucking billion dollars right. and two hundred million. Like another eight hundred million, four times that is one eighty six of their value. Like you need a whiteboard to write down the zeros for this. It it's like not your brain can't even see it. But I don't think that people. Well, it's tough to say, but like trading the stock market is literally like a game of the companies because like you said, it's not their real evaluations. And I don't even think people that trading the companies necessarily Believe care no, about no. like the, the value of the company. Right. They Fuck just, no. they just see where momentum they know is. That the Fed is going to keep printing dollars. 
dollars come out, there's more of them in circulation, means that the, the values are less. If the values of the dollars are less and the assets are priced in dollars, assets go up. Yeah. That's how my brain sees it. It makes sense. Do you yeah. follow what I'm saying? Yeah. More money in circulation. More people buy stocks. Less value in the money. Price of stocks naturally goes up. No, listen. Like, okay, this is like the easy example that I think I can use. We we meet we meet on Monday. Ten apples. I have. Let's let. Let me think about this. Hold on. We meet on Monday. You use ten dollars to buy ten apples. We meet on Friday. You use ten dollars and it buys you a hundred apples. But that's because I printed more dollars. I think that would be the good example of this. But the reason that the price of the asset goes up is because there's more money in circulation devaluing each dollar that the asset is priced in. So when Tesla stock right now is 609, if more money comes out, Tesla could do nothing different. Their valuation could not change, their revenue could not nothing could change, but because there's more money, that 609 will go up because there's more of the thing that it's priced in. There's more of it now. You follow me? The thing that we price it in, we're making more of it, which makes the price of those things go up because that's what they're valued in, dollars. So they're not necessarily Yeah, but don't changing. they only go up because people are investing in it? It doesn't just go up to go up. It goes up because there's buyers and sellers, for right. sure. Yes, yes, but there's buyers and sellers along the whole way. The, the There's more buyers than sellers overall, which is why it goes up. Yeah. Right. Yes. And there's more buyers because they're printing more money. You could say that. The the buyers have more money in their hands, so that's why they buy more stock and the stock price goes up. Correct. Just because because you print more money doesn't make a stock price go up. Not necessarily, but indirectly it does, is what I think. Yeah. Another piece of news from this week tied to that. U.S. jobless claims leap to highest since September as COVID bites hard. The Labor Department said that 800,000, 853,000 people filed for jobless claims last week, up from 716,000, so up over 140 or so thousand more from the week before. Um, and analysts had expected a much smaller rise of only 725,000, so not much of a change. They ended up being surprised that there was way more people filing for unemployment this week than last week. So it's not headed in the right direction. And if you go state by state, unemployment is... In, especially in the cold blue states, yeah, it's bad. Well, it's ten percent. It's going to get even worse because PA is shutting down again. Yeah, I mean, so, people aren't going to survive. It's really, really sad. Yeah, like, like the restaurants who were like, okay, we got PPE loans, we got through a couple of months, we're just getting back to open. Boom, shut down for three weeks, right before Christmas, right before the holidays, bro. People got to buy Christmas gifts for their kids. Yeah, like people got to like, come on. Well, especially like out in California, how, okay, you can't dine inside, but you can dine outside. And then all of a sudden now you can't even dine outside anymore. And like it's like the second, I mean, I love Florida. Can't be, can't knock Florida, but California's got some nice weather too. Yeah. Like you're going to say we can't dine outside in California. Right. Shout out to Florida, man. I, we could go into the topic of why it's so fucked in so many different ways for like these lockdowns and stuff. But all I go back to is like, I can't, we can't even begin to start. Who's making these decisions for these other states? Why did I happen to move to a state where we have seen, it seems like logical people at the head? You know, just, yeah. just to give everybody the numbers really quick. <clears throat> In Florida, we have 1.1 million confirmed cases and just under 20,000 deaths. 
So, yeah. You do the math on what percentage that is. All right, a couple more things here. Was Jake Paul knocking out Nate Robinson racist? This woman, I think her name is Jamia Hill. She's like just a personality on the internet. Her thing about it, from what I see, I don't follow her, but from what I see is like her thing is that she, everything is like, well, that was racist because of this. And that was racist because of this. So apparently she jokingly asked her co-host or someone on the show when they were interviewing Jake, they said, Jake, was it racist that you knocked out Nate? And they were like joking and laughing about it. I think Jake handled it well. He was like, nah, like, come on, don't even give me that. Yeah, like when how, I saw that, I was like, "What the how fuck, can bro? You like, even this lady ask needs that. to be banned off the internet. Like, cancel her. Like, what? Yeah, like you're an idiot for joking about that. Like, because you, you want to be sensitive when it fits your narrative, but then when when you want to make a joke, you can just make any joke you want. No, right? Because like, if Nate would have knocked out Jake, is that racist? Is that right? Like, no, that's what? that's black empowerment. It's like they both agreed, right, to the fight. It, she's being stupid. She's being stupid, and I hate it because this is like. She can you then can't go, joke about things like that. Like You can if you're a fucking comedian or you just make jokes about it all the time. When you're her right. who goes and think everything for being racist and you're serious, you can't then make that joke and think people are going to think you're funny. Right. It's not funny. Nobody's going to take you seriously. Now I don't like you because now I think you're like clearly inciting yeah. racist ideas to get clicks. That's what she does. She paints racist ideas in people's minds to get clicks. That's what she's doing. Look, she's got me talking about it. It's just annoying. So... So let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> to me, and I wanted your opinion, this whole idea of, so you know both Paul brothers are boxers. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. So Sorry, these are hurting my head. We should have asked Santa for new ones. Jake knocked out Nate. Logan is fighting Mayweather. Logan's getting 200K up front. Floyd's getting 2 million. They're each getting a percentage of the pay-per-view. Floyd's getting a bigger percentage, of course. Floyd got 2 million. Logan got 200K. When was the last time Logan fought? Do you even know? Yeah. He only fought like three people and he's and he's knocked them both out or two of them out. He hasn't fought many people. No. But they're both training hard. Separate trainers apparently. This is the thing. Celebrities getting into boxing now because YouTubers and p- famous people getting into boxing. He calls out McGregor. Some NHL guy called out Logan. Now they're all calling each other out. I want to fight you. I want to fight you. It's all just cross-population. Of, of their social of, media followings. Yeah. Right. But think about it. The media has been doing this for years. Do you remember being a little kid and your cartoons would have collaborations? Right. Like Same that, kind of thing. Right. But now it's boxing. Why boxing? I feel like it ruined the image of boxing. It makes it entertainment now. It's not even sport. It's entertainment. Well, You're not going to see anybody getting that. Yeah, but it wasn't. Like, Muhammad Ali well, would okay, knock I get, people out. I get what Mike you're Tyson saying. would yeah. knock you out. Boxing. I, yeah, but everything now, These are exhibition if it's online, matches. it has to be entertainment. Right, right. People want to be entertained. For sure. I mean, imagine how much money YouTube could make if they had the exclusive rights to that fight. Now, pay-per-view is going to do it. We already saw that. Like, pay-per-view has it. It's not just going to be YouTube. But, oh my God, imagine how much money YouTube would make if they had that fight. Just yeah. to them. You had to pay $7 to watch it on YouTube. All, I mean, Jake and Logan have like, what, four or five YouTube accounts between them? We're talking 50 million followers at minimum between all of their accounts. I, I don't follow a single one. I it's have a no lot. idea. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a lot. I'm not exact on those numbers, but it's a lot. I know they do have a lot, though. They have a huge following. So think about it. They could turn such a profit. They're setting Wait, themselves I'm, up I'm for really such a check. I'm really confused because I thought the Logan brother or the Paul brothers were in trouble. They're always in trouble because they do, you know, controversial stuff, but it's not trouble. It just gets them talked about. Oh. Like when they found guns at their house, it was all over the news. What happened? Story died. 
when, yeah, like, when what, we, didn't one of them have like a party or something and like during COVID? I don't know, and like the house got raided. Yeah, like a yeah. Bunch I mean, of they, but they're bro, they're like younger than me. Like they're twenty four and twenty three years old. Like they're really young. I think that's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're and they make a stupid amount of money off YouTube. That's insane. Yep. So think about the lifestyle that like you 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 really gonna think your rules apply to these kids that make a hundred thousand dollars a YouTube video and they're putting four up a week. If I was their mama, the rules would apply. No, but you trust me, <laughs> they wouldn't. Because when you're like when yeah. you reach that level of money. I'm telling you, you, you d- people, I've seen it now more than ever. Like people cross a threshold. They lose a little bit of their morality and they think that they're above everybody else. Not everybody. Not everybody, but a lot of people, especially if you're on the internet. That's what the internet makes you do almost. It's like a curse. It's like a nasty poison. I don't know. My thoughts on the boxing stuff. It's like, the, I don't need this shit. Like I don't need these exhibition matches. I want, I want McGregor, Jake Paul, UFC fight to the death, blood. I want real fighting. Like, that's what I want to pay to see. Some don't, gladiator yes. shit. I mean, don't keep me up. Listen, they kept me up till one o'clock in the goddamn morning to see a draw. And I, I paid $50. Come on, bro. Like, just have some, curti- you know, some conscious thought about your viewers. Like, none of us want to sit there through yeah, four, four basic-ass fights that were better, honestly, than the main card. And because but, every main card is an exhibition fight, they're not knocking each other out. Listen to exactly what you just said. You want to be entertained. Think about your viewers. Well, yeah, they are. That's why the but po- an exhibition match does. He's fighting if we're gonna go Mayweather. At this, I'm telling you, that doesn't entertain anybody because it's exhibition. It's only entertaining to see the pictures of them doing it and like the shit like that. The fight itself, to me, is not as entertaining as it could be if there was like real fighting. Like honestly, if you watch that fight with Nate Robinson, that was uh, like. The most embarrassing boxing video that I have seen in a long time. Nate Robinson did not deserve to be in the ring. His hands did not know. He doesn't know how to. Def- I learned more defense at my boxing class for forty-five minutes every day. <laughs> like this dude did not know what he was doing. So it's becoming like a joke. Where boxing to me is like a skillful ass sport, and Floyd is the best. Like so, I think you'll still see some of that in their fight, but it just doesn't need to be like too many of these celebrity deathmatch things. It's just od, overdone, for those of you that can't keep up. Okay. <clears throat> are you bailing on? I was like, are you taking our headphones off? <laughs> yeah, they're squeezing my brain. No, that's it. That's our last topic. That was my last one. I wanted oh, to end great. with something funny. Yeah, so this has been a good video. Nice long video. Nice an hour. And I have 50 seconds left on this camera. Well, then we'll wrap it up. Secret word? Uh, mm, uh, apples. Okay. <laughs> so if you watched all the way through, comment down below. The secret word is apples. We appreciate you guys hanging out with the uh with us <laughs> with the apples hanging out with us for an hour let me know if you enjoyed this video let us know which topic was funny to you or most interesting to you and we'll keep these coming for you guys every saturday morning we'll get these out to you to keep you updated keep you informed get your money right get your mindset right we're just chatting we'll see you in the next episode of today's money bye Thank you for listening to Today's Money. If you want to check out the video that goes along with this episode, there's a link in the show notes. Now make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're listening to so you don't miss any future episodes. And if there's anything that I can do to help you along your trading journey, please reach out to me. My contact info is in the description as well. Thank you very much, and I'll see you in the next episode.